Hello there and welcome to the podcast. It's John Markar here and I thought I'd just jump in with a very quick but very important message that I wanted to share with you before you delve into this episode of the Driven Chat podcast. This podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now come to an end. But don't worry, I'm not going to stop you from listening to this episode or from catching up with the 185 episodes that we've recorded in this format. I just wanted to let you know that if you're looking for our new episodes recorded after December 2023, then you'll need to seek out our new podcast, The Driven Podcast. You can find The Driven Podcast in all the usual podcast platforms, including, chances are, the one that you're listening to this one on right now. So please do enjoy this episode, share it with a friend by all means. But when it's done, don't forget to search for the new podcast, The Driven Podcast, and subscribe to the new format to hear the new stuff. To make life easy, head on over to the Driven website via driven.site. There you will find links through to the new podcast, including links to your preferred podcast platform. And hey, whilst you're there, why not check out everything else we do, including hand-picked automotive news stories, car and bike reviews, video features, and even more. For now, though, I'll let you enjoy this episode. And I will remind you again at the end of the episode, but for the future reference, this message is approximately 1 minute and 30 seconds long. That's six clicks on the 15-second skip button. Enjoy. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Driven Chat Podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at DrivenChat.com. Well, hello and welcome to a rather different Driven Chat podcast because this week we've got a number of differences in comparison to our usual setup. The, the first difference is that we are sat outside rather than being sat either in our studio truck or in a cool warehouse or workshop somewhere. Uh, the, the second major difference, and I, we should say probably the major difference, is we don't have Andy J with us this week. Andy J is out and about doing fun things. I think with a television show that we'll be able to tell you about in the near future which is uh, which is very very exciting i guess i should probably explain where we are as well because that's a, a fairly vital part of why we're recording this podcast today you can probably hear something that sounds a little bit like racing cars and that's because we are <laughs> believe it or not sat at cops corner on a bench at silverstone racetrack yes the home of british motorsport sat to my left is the lovely amy short who is beaming big big smile because she's yes. had a good adrenaline fix today we'll explain why very very shortly yep. and sat opposite amy and i we have cameron jackson from faster faster racing yes hello which hello. is very very hello. exciting yeah <laughs> now this podcast is going to be a pretty special one because if you as a listener have any interest in motorsport if you've always looked at motorsport and racing and exciting things happening on tv or at your local circuit and thought how on earth do i get into it this podcast may just have the answer for you so we're going to go into detail of that very shortly but i'm going to stop talking now because i want to defer all the attention over to amy because wow. amy today you've been doing something very special amy's been 
big day. Amy's big yeah. day. <laughs> Why don't you tell us what you've been doing today? Okay, well, I'll, I'll backtrack a little bit because I want to talk about the first time that where you and I met, we were on a photo shoot, and then you said to me, would you, this is, I don't know, some point last year, and you said, would you ever like to have a go at racing? And of at the course, time, yeah, I yeah. said... At Bicester. At Bicester, yes. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that sounds like good fun. Anyway, then the beginning of March this year, lockdown, I got a phone call from you, and you said, no, really, do you want to have a go at racing? And I was like, ooh, oh, no, he really means it. Uh, yes, yeah, okay, this sounds amazing. And you were like, I, you know, basically, um, you wanted to get me to, to be one of the, you know, the first people to try out Faster Faster with the intention, you know, you want to try and get younger people, you know, a more diverse uh, amount of people in the classic car racing. And I was like, yes, this sounds like a great initiative. And how do we start? So, yeah, over lockdown, we've had many phone calls before we ended up actually meeting again in, in person at yeah. Donington somewhere in the summer. For our first track day. For yeah. our first track day, with the whole intention of getting to today, which was my first race, which I didn't crash. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you've done incredibly well. So, what made you think about faster, faster, and wanting to start up this, this, yeah, this great thing? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm I'm very fortunate to have come from a racing family and been around yeah, motorsport and grown up around motorsport. Um, so, my dad raced, and I did karting, uh, like a lot of people in the paddock who who started when they were younger. Uh, and so I've always just been around it and, and been au fait with cars and how it all works and so it's kind of a given that I understand all the processes but the more people I spoke to who were maybe into classic cars or into the automotive world in general uh, who were kind of looking over at this world and going well I'd love to be a part of it but I don't know where to start, I don't know how it works it seems very exclusive and a bit restrictive and a bit bureaucratic and mm -hmm. it is all of those things so uh, I race with the Histor Historic Sports Car Club, the HSCC, and they have done an amazing job over the years of fostering a, a great club membership and lots of people who probably, as adolescents, idolised the cars that they were then able to afford to race when they were older. And so that's kind of worked over the decades, building up uh, a membership based around that kind of passion. But looking to the future, I was having a lot of conversations with the club saying, what's next? You know, how are you going to recruit new members? And yeah, younger, how are you going people. to, yeah, how are you going to sort of entice people in and educate people about how it all works? And they looked at me a bit blankly because <laughs> I think like a lot of motorsport clubs, they've just always been like that. You know, yes. they've been in a certain way for a certain amount of time and they haven't maybe thought that they have to adapt. Mm -hmm. But the world's changing. It's moving on very, very quickly. and. Uh, I don't think a lot of them are harnessing social media in the right kind of way, so I've, I've sort of stepped in and come up with Faster Faster as a brand that maybe is more attractive to people in their 20s and 30s and 40s than what can look like an old boys club from the outside yes. looking at some of the, 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 and that's not criticism, it's just... I think it's just the way that it's Yeah, it's just the kind of, it's the, the way it's gone. And, you know, motorsport has a diversity problem, as well and so uh, I'm not trying to <laughs> change the world entirely but doing my own little thing to, to kind of help and, and, and bring more people in so for sure which yeah. is great really great was that a result of just as you say having conversations with other other people that mm -hmm. say how do I get into it or is this an observation you've had in you, you talk about the club culture and seeing the risk of club culture dying because of course club racing is fantastic and it's it's a great way for young young people or people that are new to motorsport to get into it mm -hmm. but it can feel quite scary if you're not 
as, as you were from, yeah, from that club background. If you don't know how to get your foot in, yeah. you sometimes feel like, am I going to be right? Am I going to fit in? Well, am I the right sort of person? As, from, from my point of view, I would never have done today had you not rang me and said, I will literally walk you through the steps. I wouldn't know where to begin. So to yeah. have you like take me through every single step for me has now opened up this whole new world where mm. I'm like, where can I race next? What, what am I going to race? And then <laughs> yeah. you're talking about like, okay, I can race that and I can get yeah, car. No, that, that makes me so happy because that is <laughs> literally the desired result you know yes. really what I hoped is that you would enjoy it it would go smoothly and that you would want to do more Crash. and I think that's what it's such an exhilarating thing to do and so many people flirt with the idea of doing mm -hmm. it but all these kind of boring parts of it about how to get into it put people off and, yeah. and it's easy to make excuses it's, it's costly it can be expensive it can crash there's a lot of kind of things to consider but right from the beginning of like getting your license just that is quite a nebulous thing to try and look For into sure, it, yes. it looks very complicated and motorsport uk have tried to make it simpler but i i still think they could go further so i'm hoping as i build faster faster and get more of a following and can demonstrate that i can take people from a standing start no license through to doing their first race we can start to work more closely together to try and utilize that platform to maybe communicate some of those processes in a more simple way because Perfect. so that that's probably a good a good uh, point for me to step in and say so let's imagine i'm young young john here and i have aspirations to race um, or not necessarily young i guess you could be any age couldn't you i've got aspirations to race i've got my own track day car and i've been driving on track and love it for many years i know that i'm quite talented behind the wheel but i have no clue where to start i don't have a race license i don't know how that works i pick up the phone to you what's the first bit of advice you give to me so it, it's just to sort of answer a lot of those questions that people have like yep. where do I go what website yep. where can I take a test how much does it cost yeah what how much does all the gear cost uh, can I rent a car do I have to own a car what's the difference between a track day and a test day I think you I know, asked you is about is insurance available yep. like yeah. how do I drive quicker than I'm currently driving you know there's so many things and uh, I totally take all that for granted because, like I said, you know, it's, it's just something I've been around. But it, when you start to, it's really helped me understand just how many questions there are to yeah. answer going through the process with you. Yes. And uh, just thinking how off-putting it actually is when you're just sort of staring at a wall of questions on your own, thinking, oh, it would be nice to do it. But, you know. It's yeah. a massive wall to try and get through if yeah. you've not yeah. been in it before. Because, um, yeah, as you said, you may not even have, like, I don't have my own car currently. So yes, I mean, I don't know if you want to, to briefly touch on some of our first experiences. So you also had never tutored, uh, you, you, you hadn't tutored somebody in a car. At, no, so I've never really done, and so just to rewind a little bit, mm. um, uh, I'm really into older cars because I've just always in, enjoyed the sort of engineering side and the driver's side with Formula One and, and how cars were developed and they were finding things about aerodynamics and mechanical grip and all this kind of stuff. Um, but it, it's, it's, it, it sort of blinds me from how other people are interested in road cars and classic cars and you know people who might watch Top Gear or read Auto Week and things like that. So trying to sort of understand and unwind some of the motorsport and trench stuff that mm. I was into to try to say, well, actually, people, it's not, they don't have to be mutually exclusive. 
that you can be into road cars and not into racing. And so often I was talking to people, like the conversations we were having, uh, and finding that people really want to race as well. They're not just mm. into, you know, car reviews and, and yeah. top gear, you know, they actually want to put a helmet on and go and do it themselves. Yeah. Um, but also, it, I think the idea to have yeah. fun and not necessarily think, okay, I want to have fun and enjoy this and not feel, like, I was so scared that I was going to feel overly stressed that this is a really competitive race, for example, today, and that I was like, I'm, I'm, I, I want to enjoy this, but I'm, 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 I know I'm not going to be first, so I want to make sure I can enjoy it. So Yeah, exactly. Whereas the racing that you do is ever so competitive. <laughs> so. Yeah, but it's, it's a process, isn't it? Because yes. As you go on, you know, you've now done your first qualifying session, your first race start, yep. and you've finished a race, you know, and, and from there, and you were pushing, you know, you were really pushing on the race, you had quite a big moment going into Brooklyn's one lap, okay, we'll, fully yeah, we'll, broadside, and, yeah, we'll, we'll you know, talk about that in a and, minute, I think. And, <laughs> and so it's all, like anything, you know, if you were to get into cycling, you know, yeah. you've got to get a bike, and then you've got mm-hmm. to go out and do more, and you get fitter, and then you think, oh, well, maybe I'll do a triathlon, or maybe I'll do an event, and... It's, it's, there's absolutely no reason why someone can't come into motorsport from a grassroots level in their 20s, in their 30s, and still be able to get quicker and progress and maybe choose to, to do more events if they're enjoying it. But the first bit, like you said, is enjoying it. Yeah. So going through the process, because for some people they might think they're going to like it and it might just be so terrifying mm. or well, getting the better of them in, 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 in a way. So faster, faster is definitely about Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com having that first experience. It's not necessarily going to be a platform that's going to launch you into a career mm-hmm. or maybe even doing multiple races throughout a year in championships and things like that. But if you can go and get your license and do your first race and enjoy it and know that maybe it's something you want to do as a hobby that's going to feed into your passion for cars mm-hmm. as well, then brilliant, you know. Yeah. So let's wind back. So you two met at Vista. Vista Heritage, yes. Vista we were Heritage, shoot, weren't we? Yeah, you were shooting uh, a, a friend's car. Yeah, yeah, it was a lovely little Elan. Yes. That I was going to be driving in the six hour. Yep. And um, yeah, and that was when the cogs were kind of turning. <laughs> and that was when I was having a lot of these conversations with the club and kind of getting frustrated and, and saying, well, you know, are you going to do it? And or should I do it within the club or try something to, to bring more people in? Um, and I eventually decided I should do my own thing where I have full autonomy but still feed into the HSCC. Perfect. Um, because I don't know where it's going to go and how it might adapt. And, you know, if you want to go race at Goodwood 
and I can come and support you there, which I think is, is I think we should be on the cards. <laughs> that can be the next step. We have already spoken about that, getting ahead of ourselves. We did, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, like, should we do your first race at Goodwood in, and then you said Formula Junior. That was the, that was the <laughs> <laughs> No, Mini. I said it because you, you love minis. minis. I think yes. that would have been, there was a 60th anniversary mini race that was it, at, yes. uh, at Goodwood last year. And uh, I think, well, pre-COVID and everything, obviously mm. they did Speed Week, but it wasn't the normal revival and everything kind of just went down sideways, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah went sideways so um but yeah it's i think we've got <laughs> we've got a great foundation here to sort of build on top of for so next from year. that initial conversation how on earth do you get, did you then end up sitting in an xjs jag <laughs> <laughs> when was the first time you drove the car first time i drove the car was two weeks ago yeah two yeah, weeks yeah. ago we came here for a track day Yes. Yes, and that was the first time I drove the car, and it was the first time that I'd driven around Silverstone. Mm -hmm. And so I was learning the track, learning the car. Um, the car felt good, actually. Like it, it felt like, like um, in you know, I'm used to driving classic cars mm. and with the Mini and with my Defender, so that kind of made sense. And then, yeah. well, what was funny is that the first time I'd ever driven on a track ever was at Donington over in the summer. Mm. You and I went out in a low cost. Is a low that cost, right? yeah. Low cost. So a low cost yeah. is a, a, a play on Lotus. Yeah. It's like a kit car, Catrum type thing. Lotus 7 type. Yes. Mm -hmm. Open yeah, front wheel, engine, yeah. roll cage. Yep. Gotcha. You sit at the back here, just nearly over the rear axle and they're yep. quite fun and they're light and everything. But, but um, that was the funny thing, was that going out in that was the first experience of any track day and you screaming at me, faster, faster! <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, yeah, there's break, a reason for the name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. Yeah, Man, that was, I think one of the, 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 the scared, most scared I've ever been was probably going down into the Craner Curves for the... the uh, not flat, not, you not took it flat, yeah. Flat yeah, out, we were building up to, to it, flat yeah. Out, and you did was, it, yeah. I think I did it a couple of times and I was swearing quite a lot. Yeah. Down <laughs> down on that. I was quite scared, then, so... Yeah. Because it was also the first time that you'd ever like actually sat next to somebody and tried to, to, to teach me how to do it. So you're like, go on, go, 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 go. And so what was funny is that yeah. I took that. <laughs> I, no, don't worry. I took I took that thought process and brought it to Silverstone. Mm. So when I went out, and I didn't go out with you, I went out with the owner of the car called yes. Nick. Uncle Nick. <laughs> Uncle Nick. I went out with Uncle Nick and I drove like I imagine you were sitting next to me, which I think scared him a little bit. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, well, I kind of didn't know what was going to come out in this experience of uh, coaching someone else, but why? I, you know, I could tell that you could do it. Yep. So I was quite enthused to kind of just push and see how much further you could go. And so uh, I think Nick has a different approach. He's more sort of like steadily build up. I suppose when it's his car as well. Yeah, it's his car. And, but, but when we first went out in the low cost, uh, initially I was absolutely terrified because I hadn't actually thought it through and I never strapped myself into I, I'm not a good passenger no. at the best of times, road cars, rear seat driver kind of person. And then uh, we actually did the sighting laps in my car. Yep. I said, oh, Amy, you drive, you know, I know my way around Donington. The whole thing here is just you get okay with it, so you get your reference points and everything like that. So I was sat in the car and I was like, right, okay, off we go. Amy accelerates flat out <laughs> in my car, out the end of the pit lane, brakes because someone else is breaking front. And I was like, oh God, like, what's going on? I hadn't really thought about what this was going to feel like. Was there a part uh, of you that thought, oh God, I hope that she's actually yeah, really Yeah, I didn't let on. But... racing driver, this <laughs> yeah. is just a prank. <laughs> Internally, I'm thinking, done? what have I done? Like, seriously. And now I'm going to go strap myself into the low cost, which has got no driver protection on the on the passenger of course, side. Yeah. All the driver protection's on the racing side, so they just don't bother over yeah. there. So we've got this like makeshift seat, stuck it in, 
and now I'm like really like, oh god, <laughs> children. <laughs> and uh, but no, it was good. We had we had um, some intercom like uh, microphones yep. and stuff like that, and so very crackly over the wind noise and everything. <laughs> you could just hear me going. Later, break, later, accelerate, go, go, go. But at some point I thought you were saying go and you were like, no. Yeah, well, we actually got to the point where we had sort of hand signals and because uh, I was like your spotter, so I can't remember what they were now, but it was kind of like, no, I think yeah, that, was that was like, like fist, clear. Fist was like, the fist of yeah. clearness. And then like, um, that was it. so I said that initially when we were learning the, the signs, I got the signs wrong. So I thought yeah, you were like, confusing. I was, I, you did something and I was like, go. And you're like, no, <laughs> like, so holding like, stop, slow, slow down, slow yeah. down. And so we went into a couple of corners a bit. A bit heavy, so we, yes, we only had yeah. one slightly sideways moment. Yeah, we had a tank slapper coming out of the last corner where we were suddenly facing the inside concrete wall. Ah, yes, uh, and that was a heart in my mouth moment, definitely. And yeah, I was really just I was as elated as you are now to survive the race that I was to survive the first coaching session. But something good must have happened in that session because at that Ooh. after that day, you've then said, Right, let's get you in. Yeah, you're ready. Yes. Yeah, yeah. and it was quite apparent quite quickly that you've got natural ability and, and you listen and, and you know it's not a given some people it's just you know they're just like rabbit in the headlights <laughs> and they're maybe too scared to think and they're they're 110% of their capacity and it really kind of felt like when we were going around initially yeah you know you were nervous like anyone would be and then you sort of dialed it in and then you could listen and you were at like 80% of your capacity so you can hear what I was saying and apply it and break a bit later and turn a bit later and accelerate a bit earlier and yeah, yeah it was it was a really successful yeah. first test so so then when it came to yesterday when we're here as you can hear it we're at Silverson still and um to, to to go out into the extra in the XJS and kind of apply that was my only knowledge I had up until yesterday yeah so we we've actually only done like four things so the first was the track day yep uh, the second was your license yes yep. when you got to drive a car around Mallory, around Mallory yep. the third was the track day here in the Jag yep. and then straight into your first race meeting testing qualifying racing so yes. you know it goes to show you don't you have to drive around in circles paying for track days for years on end before you're ready yeah. you know you kind of just got to get stuck in and, and, and give it a go and and you felt confident enough, and I yep. felt confident enough in you. So, yeah, I think given that COVID's been so restrictive this yeah. year, with the time that we had, we've, we've made good use of it. Yeah, for sure. And so I think when um, yeah when you said to me, I think you're ready for your arts test, that was quite exciting to try and get yeah. through first. Because also, in your arts test, so this is a funny thing about today, the only time I've ever done a standing start before today on the grid was in my arts test in, yeah. a, in a Renault Clio. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I got it on, on, on camera as well. Yeah. Did you? Yeah, yeah. And oh, then, no, 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 not this one. Oh, I mean, Mallory. Yeah, Mallory. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, yeah. you did a few, kept going around into the pits and yes. then doing it again. And, yeah. Yeah. So basically, before the, I started today, I think I said to Nick, I was like, how? How much should I rev the car when I'm in a standing? I was still asking questions up until the point I was getting geared up and heading out. Like little things to know. It's like, oh, but it's wet this time. So yes, I'm going to give it full rev, yep. so slightly less, wide the clutch a bit. Like I had somebody come about. up to me d directly before my race saying, right, aquaplaning. Do you know what it is? And do you know what to do? And I'm like, say what? And so um, I, I, I do know what it is, and I, I know exactly where it goes wrong. But then I was like, you know what? I've never, I've never driven on this much wet before. What do, what do I that do with that? Yeah. yeah, that fast as well. Because then I was like, uh, do I, do I have to do anything different? Do I have to, you know, I'm on wet, so should I, you know, how do they work? So I was, I'm still asking you many questions. Yeah, and many, many more will, will come up, and For that's sure. it. It's just, you know, experience counts so much. Yes. It's just... Okay, another one of the questions I asked, which is a bit of a funny one. Um, I was like. 
Oh, imagine I'm about to go into a race because I'm used to doing the test days where you pull over slightly to let someone else pass who is faster than you. Yeah, on, on side. To, on yeah. Yes, and then even on testing, you're, you're still doing it. So today, when it was suddenly, oh, how do I overtake somebody? Yeah, I can be anywhere I want and take any risks that I want. Because and they, I, yeah. Yeah. I've not had that mental, I've, I've been on kind of like, oh, no, sorry, 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 I'm slow, I'll move over. And then suddenly today, I was on the service and I thought, oh, I, I've actually got this opportunity. I don't know how to do this. I've, I've not practiced this bit. How do I go about it? And then I think, yeah, you know, I was talking to you about and you were, you were saying, come off the line to be able to overtake or try and get them on the straights. And, yeah. I know, I'm sort of there thinking, right, you know, we, we've done all the, the sort of safety things of, like, look for the lights, and we'll show you where your grid position is. And then I was thinking, hang about, she was quicker than that Healy in the qualifying mm. session, and then he only picked her on the very last lap. So he sort of looked across and, like, I think she can have it. <laughs> <laughs> the next, it was, like, last minute, the last thing I said to you was, like, try and create an advantage, you know, look where he's slow and you're faster and like, if you're quicker in a straight line and try and stick it to him and then you were like, oh God. Yeah. And when, but, it came, when it came down to it, I think basically, so I'm, I think I could have done better in the race had, a not, had not a couple of things happened that made me slower. So yeah. I had an Audi cut me up, which actually, I don't, you weren't there, he came and apologised to me afterwards. He was like, I'm really sorry. Really? He's, I was like, I'm really sorry for cutting you up. He said, my ears are burning. And I had, <laughs> I had put something on Instagram saying, yeah, Audi cut me up. So <laughs> I don't know if he'd seen that and then and thought, oh, I better go. So, Good. Yeah, but I, I said, don't worry about it, because then I saw he had my camera. Issue, but that cutter basically slowed me about a second and a half down. Oh, at least, yeah, yeah. I was watching from that corner, and, and it was just really unfortunate yes. because I think someone had spun and you did the right thing, you just backed off to see where to go on the first corner. Yeah, I was facing an E type suddenly. I was yeah, like, oh, you shouldn't be facing it. Yeah, exactly, and that's not, not a nice thing to see in the first corner. Uh, and then he just had a mechanical issue right in front of you and it yep. kind of blocked you in and others, you had to wait for others to go either side of you, so you dropped exactly. a couple of other places. Exactly. But the best thing was you just methodically built up pace and came back through the field. Because I think you were 22nd yes. and then you got back up to 7th. Yeah, I, I, got, I was last and I managed yeah. to somehow gain a few and places And 15th quickest time, so okay. on pace. Yes. You were really, really good. Okay, you know, I'll, so I'll you improved that. a lot. And it's one thing overtaking people and everything, but you know, building up that kind of pace and being quicker than some a lot, but, you know, way more experienced people. Yes. Because I suppose this is the other thing. Like, John, you have driven a lot of cars and fast. You've taught people how to do this. So mm. going into, so if you're not going to race on set markets anymore, no. have you? Would you want to get back into racing yourself? And absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's something I'd be really, really excited to do. But again, I, I <laughs> that's, that's very kind. <laughs> I'd suddenly have a go. I, um, for me, like many people, I guess the the thing that puts me off really trying to get into it and throw everything at it is is the financial side of it. Because yeah, I think absolutely. for a, a lot of people, motorsport is this terrifyingly expensive hobby where you, you know, spend thousands on tyres, thousands on fuel trailers, transporters, storage, where do you keep the car, who fixes the car when it goes wrong, special oils that you put in, and we haven't even mentioned buying the car. You know, there's so much that comes to it, and then of course overalls, safety gear, hands devices, helmets, gloves, shoes, it all just adds up and up and up and up. And I think for me, that's possibly the reason that I've never really pursued it. And I am somebody that loves doing track days. Yeah. I love taking my car out on track. And for me, that's a, enough of a fix, I'd say. Admittedly, I'm not going home with any trophies and I'm not going home with my name on any leaderboards. But for me, that seems to be the affordable fix. So 
I guess the question that I'd like to bring out of this is what would you what would your advice be to somebody that's thinking what would your advice be to me? You know, yeah. how well, much I mean, do I need to be so, so looking at spending? Interestingly, the, the specificity of what Faster Castle is about at the moment is is very much aimed at people who are already in the automotive world. Yeah. Already are have a profession, maybe a freelancer, have a brand, have a business in the automotive world. Yeah. And so there's that synergy there already where they have a platform that it's going to help grease the wheels of all the things that you have to pay for along the way. Great. So I, I, and this is a big experiment, you know, and it's yet to be proven right, I, I think that there's potentially a model for not having ownership. So one of the biggest outlays, right. of course, is the car. And then the car, the engine blows up, or the gearbox fails or something, and immediately you're just spending money. Yeah. And there is a big outlay for lots of other stuff, like you said, with all the kit and you have to get fresh tyres and all that kind of stuff and someone to run the car and transportation and accommodation and race engines. Mm. So um, with Faster Faster, because it's linked with HSCC, uh, people with a certain following on Instagram, because Faster Faster is an Instagram-only yeah. uh, initiative at the moment, um, then they'll get free membership and free race entries. I think Captain two at the moment. Okay. So I'm trying to do as much as I can to create benefits Ooh, that make it... Oh, he's had a biff bit. Oh, someone's had a biff. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way you call it a biff. <laughs> and um, so that, you know, if we can leverage someone's following and sure. someone's profession in the world they're already in to yeah. help pay some of those costs along the way, then great. Yeah. Because it's not that you've just got a large following, You've got a large following of people who are engaged in the automotive world yeah. and who are passionate about cars and about your photography. And so, if you're going to a brand and saying, "I'm going to go do this race and I'm going to talk about it," well, then it's you're sort of pushing on an open door in terms of getting that authentic following to sure. maybe hopefully so follow them. So, because so you, you, there'll be a few people now listening, perhaps going, "Oh, well, I don't have." You know, 50,000 Instagram followers and I want to do this. Mm. I guess that I think what you're trying to say is that the, the it's going to be a lot easier from that angle because yeah, if you've got 50,000 followers... It's really to prove I can do it at that level first and yes. then see if, if more if you can scale speaking. it down. And, yeah. and also, Faster Faster is is aimed at the historic club racing scene. Gotcha. So, because that's one of the things that, that I'm most worried about as a historic racer myself yeah. is that you know, I'm kind of a bit of a, an anomaly in the paddock because yeah. I'm in my 30s, um, I own my own cars, mm -hmm. I race my own cars, and I'm passionate about cars of a certain period, like the 70s and 60s mm. kinds of cars. It's quite specific. Yeah. And I know there are plenty of people like that, again, in the classic car world, uh, and it's about trying to create that, that synergy because people organize themselves in the classic car world so much better than they do in the racing world mm. because in the racing world it's quite self-serving yeah kind of you know it's a hobby for people to do outside of work mm -hmm. they go there at the weekend and then they're back to work whereas if your work is classic cars and is automotive yeah then hopefully there's a way to sort of marry those two things up where bringing in some of the creativity and sort of that prolific working attitude to the club racing scene mm -hmm. then that's kind of my mission 
I think something. also this learning, uh, this, doing this has, has taught me how you can collaborate with other people. So other people that want to share a car with you, you think, okay, well, I can bring this to the table and you can bring that to the table. And, and, you exactly, know, yeah. this, it suddenly becomes, a, you understand it from the point of going through the process. You think, okay, I haven't got that much money to, to spend on here, but I can maybe talk to that person and we can we can do a, like a double up here. And So, yeah, like for example, my own, like my, my suit that I'm, what I'm wearing, I've been able to swap a bit in my photography. So I've not mm -hmm. had to, to spend very much money at all to get this. So it's figuring out what you've got to do and what you can think, okay, well, I can bring this to the table. So mm -hmm. say you're a graphic designer or you're, I don't know, you, you, can, you can swap, whatever your, your job is, you could say, okay, well, what happens if I can help you here and you could help me there? And mm -hmm. it was really interesting for me to go through each of that process and figure out, um, yeah, what you can kind of swap and, and figure out things that way. And that yeah. is always going to be easier for somebody with a big following. Yes. So I, I guess, I'm yeah, very conscious that I don't want anyone to be sat at home thinking, well, yeah, this is all well and good if you have got lots of followers. But the idea is we're starting off with big followers because it's going to be easier for everyone to get into yes. that process and it will eventually filter down to yeah, be open also, for all. I think if, if, if people um, want to get into it and they've, they've got a bit of a budget yes. and there's all these other ways that they can get into it by understanding the process, yeah. then more broadly speaking, that's exactly what I'm here for as well. Perfect. So to, to be talking to people who think it's very complicated and don't know where to start mm. and pointing them in the right direction and doing that sort of hand-holding uh, thing to, to help make it easier. Perfect. And I think what you've done today, Amy, is, is a perfect it's like a taster in a sense, isn't it? Because we've not yeah. entered a series. Today no. you've just come along and had a go. Just one race. A fully legitimate <laughs> FIA race with lots of other competitive cars and lots of other series happening on the same day. And it's a, it's a great way to kind of have a go at it, I guess, isn't mm. it? Because again, if you're going into motorsport and entering yourself into a series, you might do your first race and absolutely hate it. <laughs> yes. Or you might yeah. discover that you don't like classic cars or you don't like open wheels or you don't like whatever it is that you've just spent £50,000 buying. So I think what you've done today is, is absolutely the best way into it. Do you, Amy, think that you're, from this point onwards, do you think classic car racing is the way you want to go forward? Is there anything else from your little taster that you'd like to have a go at? Were you looking at the open wheel stuff today thinking that looked quite good fun? No. <laughs> <laughs> we should point out for the majority of today, it has been biblically raining, absolutely yeah, yeah, biblical rain. And I was looking at those those chaps, the ladies and the gents in the open wheel cars, sat in the assembly with it oh. bucketing down with the rain. Yes, and of I course, was one of them. we're in the oh, last weekend of October. Oh. Of course, you were. Yeah, yes, you yeah, were sat, I was sat very wet, with soggy oh. legs. Yeah, I had wet shoulders actually. It was just sort of like pouring in off the edge of the car. <laughs> so, oh God. And then they stopped it anyway because yeah, it was that bad. They had to had to stop. CD, so, yeah. yeah. So no, so no, the open wheel stuff. I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, <laughs> oh, that's why I'm going to. Gonna, I think I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to work on you over the winter about that. <laughs> I've got a couple of historic Formula Fords, well, this and this, yeah. uh, we have spoken about it before. Maybe I need to just give it a go. But I, I think yeah. for me, so what, you know, I've driven my classic mini for ten years now. Mm. I love the idea of racing minis. I think it'd be mm -hmm. so much, so different to the XGS today. Um, but I feel like I understand it a lot already, and. I mean, I, I think I could, could I change my own Mini to, to race spec? I, I don't know if I'd want to, but um, yeah, I think I, I love the idea of racing something 70s or 80s. And maybe if I was to get into, if I was to buy, if I was to go off on my own now and try and think, okay, I want to buy a car and do this on a more regular occasion, I would probably talk to a couple of friends of mine who are in the same position as me as we can't afford it individually, but mm -hmm. we think we can share a car. Because also seasons, there are lots of races. You don't, I cannot afford the time to do every single race exactly, of, every yeah. mm. of the season. 
You're so, busy working you exactly, know, in the middle yes. of season. And also, I'm, I'm not too fussed because I think to myself, I loved it. I really enjoyed today. But I'd be happy if I could get, I don't know, three, four races in a year, perhaps. Yeah. So if you could share a car with two other people or whatever, and you could each take your own uh, like car, and, and even if it was something like, a, you know, Ford KA racing or something mm-hmm. like that, something really silly. And I think, you know what, I wouldn't be too fussed if, if this got a good bit battered or something. But Well, it doesn't even have to be that. I think, it, you, you know, you could still keep it classic, yes. stroke, historic. Yes, I agree. Which is what I've negated to say so far, actually, is one of the other reasons this came about with the club is because they've launched an 80s production car series, which is what the Perfect, what yeah. Dr. Robert, uh, the XJS, <laughs> is all about. Right. So trying to keep the cars relatively standard, aimed at 80s cars that have probably hit the trough yes. value-wise, mm. but you can still get all the parts. They, uh, you know, they're way more cost-efficient to run and than really cool stuff. Yeah, and they're really cool, <laughs> yeah. and you can drive them on the road, and you can drive them on the track. Yeah. So, um, so the Jag that you're in is just a semi-stripped-out road-going version with slightly different suspension, slightly different brakes, um, track tires, and a roll cage. Yeah. So, you know. I'm not saying that it's cheap because five grand is a lot of money, ten mm-hmm. grand is a lot of money, but it's a hell of a lot less than a hundred grand for a, a, a classic E-Type with history or, or that kind of thing, which is that I think people just go, oh, if it means historical classic, it means that, it means Absolutely. Goodwood, yeah. and it means, you know, very, very exclusive, so, excuse me. It's um, nice to know that it is. Yeah, so, so with COVID this year, we haven't managed to launch the championship properly, uh, and hopefully next year with things freeing up a little then it will it will get better but um yeah that's the aim is we can run much cheaper cars brilliant stuff that's really cool that's appealing that you know we grew up with and idolized and these kind of iconic cars from the 80s so yeah, yeah. So, yeah. fantastic i think minis are a great <laughs> shout and i always get great pleasure from watching minis racing it's one of the yeah. one of the best races at uh it's at the St Mary's Trophy at Goodwood, yes. the revival, where yeah, you see the minis Nick just Swift. Nick yes. Swift flying around <laughs> the outside of a Ford Galaxy, which looks like a <laughs> an aircraft carrier in size comparison. Like a little it's just fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I am now partial to, to Jaguar, I think. So maybe, yeah, yeah <laughs> little and large. Yeah, yeah. With, the, with the XJS, or you know, maybe I'll put them in a knee type in a, a revival. Yeah, well, year. that's the cool thing about it is there's so much variety. You know, there's so many cars that you can race and so many events you can race at. And like you said, it's not just car. Uh, you know ownership sharing with people mm-hmm. you can share drives you yes. know mm-hmm. there's uh, the guards trophy at the hscc which is a 40 minute race two driver race there's the spa six hour which is obviously a really iconic mm-hmm. but i suppose um, that's the other thing now that i've got my license for example i've had people now come up to me and go would you like to you know drive and sh- uh, share with me on this race and i thought you know yes. that would be great so the opportunities are suddenly more uh, more available so mm-hmm. just by going through the process and getting my, my race license was, is, is yeah, yeah hopefully it really <laughs> is going to open up this incredible world for you yep. because you've got amazing friends and contacts and in that world and you've been at Goodwood for years and years and years watching other people doing it and now you're it's someone with a license so you know, and that can open up to you. It's, it's, uh, it's so wonderful and strange to now understand it from the driver's point of view so mm. I've, you know, I've been in the, in the pits of revival and members meeting and just not really ever understood what those drivers are going through or about to go through so you know when they are standing waiting for the cars to come in mm. I thought Oh, I wonder, I wonder what that feels like. And it's, that tension. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you feel the tension when you're there, but you don't quite understand it. So now I'm sat here sitting, talking to you in my, <laughs> my own race suit, and I'm like, yeah. I get it now. It's really fun and scary. And you understand all of those emotions and that process. And 
yeah, you won't. So now I think when I go photograph, hopefully the members meeting if it goes on next March, I'll be like, I, I'll understand what I'm photographing. Yeah, yeah, that. exactly. And, and you can exactly. appreciate the actual emotion that you can see yeah, in the drivers. I, I often think that racing is really good in retrospect because quite often when you're actually doing it, it you know, it is, it's nerve-wracking and you have to be on time and everything has to come together and. You know, the car has to stay together and so it's actually almost like a relief you get to the end of having ticked all these boxes and got to the end of a race and hopefully did well and then it's kind of the memories that draw you back in and then you get sucked back into this sort of nerve-wracking process every weekend and uh, it is <laughs> it's a good question a actually because i i remember the day we recorded a podcast the day that you'd done your arts test yes, i believe yes. so we don't we and i remember it, you were very excited and your emotions were very kind of didn't know what to expect and so it wasn't as hard as I thought and yeah. you were very, very because excited. Technically I was a, I, you could have called me a racing driver at that point. I was yeah, like, yeah. No, I'm not a racing yeah. driver. You're a fully licensed <laughs> racing driver. Off you go, win your championship. So if you can think back to you, the emotions you had on that day, um, also think back to the emotions you had, uh, not so much on the practice day you had a few, a few weeks ago on the track day, but certainly for the, the test day that you had yesterday yep. and qualifying this morning. Uh, now I arrived today at the circuit to see you just before qualifying and you looked a bit nervous. You looked in good spirits, but you looked a bit nervous. Um, you did your qualifying and you came back in and you were elated because you weren't the slowest, yes. which was fantastic. <laughs> and then pre-race, a few hours later, once again, and you admitted it yourself, you said, I am feeling a bit nervous now. Yep. What would you say is the overriding, what's the emotion that you're taking away from today? Because I'm sure you'll remember them all. Yep. There's that lovely saying, isn't it? Pain has no memory, or pain has little memory. So of course you're more, you are more inclined as a human being to remember the positive stuff. But can you summarise your your string of emotions from the worst to the best to your overall summary of what you feel, in the hope that somebody at home is listening to this, going, right, that's it. Now that that podcast is finished, I'm picking up the phone. I'm phoning, phoning faster, faster racing, and I'm doing this myself. So how would you how would you summarise? So the day it started off pure panic of you know when you're about to go on holiday, and you're like, have I got my passport? And you have to look at yes. my passport. And you're like, so we got in the car, and I was like. Have I got my helmet? I've, I've not looked at my helmet. I should have looked to see if I got my helmet, I, even though I knew I had it. So absolute panic of logistics for a start. And then I was thinking, where do I sign on? Do I, do I have to scrutineer? Because of COVID, everything's been a bit different. So that was trying to understand that. So like, I suppose lack of knowledge, but that's where yourself, Cam, and, and Nick being able to kind of carry me through that. I was like, okay, no, we're okay. And then getting to the beginning of, of qualifying and we you know, decided to change to, to wets um, within like know, five minutes before we, I was due to go out. So then that was a slight panic because then I was, it was continual panic, 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 panic initially because then I was being strapped in whilst the car was still jacked up and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. being tied on. Yeah, um, really testing you. And then, you know, I thought, well, where do I go? And then I, Nick said, follow me. So I followed him to the assembly area and I was like, okay, this, okay. And then you, you kind of think to yourself, oh, my, oh, my, oh, my. So I'm nerves just, are peaking at nerves, this point. Yes, sorry, yep. emotionally, nerves. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you just, so I, I was, yeah, really quite nervous. Were you scared at any point? <laughs> yes, okay. definitely. It, I think just before, I think qualifying made me more scared because I was, it was just before going out and I thought, I've never done this. This, yeah. is, this is really, like I know Ooh. the track and the circle, which made me feel much better, but nerves were high. And so going around that, the first, doing those, the qualifying laps, in the end, was absolutely fine. I enjoyed it. It went from fully nervous to this is actually quite good fun. And then, Brilliant. And then the jacket, the jacket flag gets waved, and you're like, "Oh, okay, I'm survived. fine. I survived." And then you go in, and then I felt like you know, a level of calm. I was in calm, like, and thought, "Oh, this is going to be good fun." Right up until probably the point where they came in and go, "Okay, put your helmet on." I was like, "Oh, oh, yeah. okay." Yeah. 
nerves. Yeah, and then, time, yeah. But at the same time, you're concentrating so much on what you're doing next and what the process is more than anything. Okay, go to the assembly area. And then you're thinking, okay, where's where's my number? Where do I start? And then I'm like, oh, that marshal's pointing. And then <laughs> it's kind of like, um, not confusion, but especially going into it new, the, the emotions are one massive side of things and the adrenaline, but also the, am I doing this right? Am I mm. doing that right? And then suddenly you're like, ho, ho, there's the five second board. Ha, ah, nerves, nerves, nerves. And then it's like, am I revs up? I've got three and a half thousand. Shall I go to four or go to four? <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like the lights go off and like the lights go off should we all move and go okay we're going and then that's it yeah. boom you're off and, and then, then that's it you don't have to think at all no and then well I mean I was scared the whole way around and then when I had my <laughs> you my, had a big wobble I had a big sideways <laughs> Then, yeah, I was really proud of you at that oh, point. No, it, was, it was great. I was like, wow. So, yeah, I suppose at the end of it, just to, to, to round off the emotions, they, and now sitting here, the racing is finished, and we're at the end of the day. I think just pure. I don't know. Are you allowed to be proud of yourself? Of course you are. So Absolutely. I think, I think yeah. sure. Like proud of, of like me thinking, I did it. I don't care that I was seventeenth out of twenty-two. I was I was seventeenth out of twenty-two. Exactly. You know? I didn't exactly. come off. I didn't crash. I enjoyed it. And didn't come last. Didn't come last. Which a was... caveat there. Those other cars. You were probably. I mean, your car was so much slower than some of the other cars. <laughs> mm. You know, it had way more power, way more grip. Yep. And they were experienced. It wasn't their first race. So yes. actually, so relatively I'm... speaking, you were really quick. And so, I've been yeah. saying this all along. You are. You are going to be quick. <laughs> so yeah, no, so I, I think I'm. Yeah, I'm really, really chuffed that I managed to do it and be like, yeah, I did that. And so yeah, yeah for me, it's like a, it's a very empowering moment. Yeah. <laughs> so, Perfect. So Good. thank you so much for, for yeah, getting no, me no, here. You've been a star pupil. <laughs> oh, it's been awesome. Wonderful. Yeah. No, thank you so much for through coming and helping me along this journey. I really, really, really do appreciate yeah, it. No, so awesome. yeah. So watch this space for Amy Shaw's racing career, which uh, is, uh, is starting well, next as year with a cigar today. in her mouth, getting receiving an award from. Absolutely, from... I never thought it was going to be hard. Now that I've won the championship, that's yeah. what we'll be hearing. <laughs> <laughs> so, Cameron, if people are listening and they're thinking, right, I, I want that first bit of advice. I want to, um, I want to know how this all works. Where are they heading to? You said it's a mostly yeah, Instagram-based. Yeah, platform. on Instagram, it's at FasterFaster.Racing. So drop me a message. I'll get in contact. Um, yeah, anybody who's interested and wants to uh, learn more then that's why I'm here so yes. fantastic fantastic well thank you very much for joining us today and yeah, sorry we've you guys, dragged yeah. you outside in the freezing cold it, the sun has <laughs> now cold. officially <laughs> set <laughs> so it is getting a bit chilly um, we hope to come back to you very very soon uh, we are aware this is the the last weekend of October we are we are recording this probably the, the closest we've ever recorded from recording to actually published um, and we are of course in the midst of a potential second lockdown so we don't quite yes. know what's going to happen in the near future but we hope we'll be able to continue this podcast one way or another and bring them to your to your ears for your listening pleasure so thank you very much for listening to us today of course you can find us on social media at driven chat apologies if today's podcast has been a bit windy but as i say we are outside at silverstone which is notoriously the windiest place on earth i believe <laughs> as, a, as a driving instructor once said to me many years ago but yes thank you very much for listening amy thank you for your company thank you cameron thank you for your company yeah, thank you for inviting and me listener thank you for your company we will speak to you again very soon speak to you soon the Driven Chat podcast in association with Paramex Digital. You dream it, we bring it to life. Find out more at drivenchat.com. Oh, wow. You've made it to the end. The very end. And it's John Markar here again, reminding you that this podcast, the Driven Chat podcast, has now run its course and has come to an end. To find the new format, search the Driven podcast in your preferred podcast app or head on over to the website driven.site to find some quick and easy links through to the new episodes in the new formats on your preferred apps. Thanks. Bye.